You're listening to Khan Podcasts. Well, this week marks the 20th anniversary of the suicide bombing at the iconic Tel Aviv bar Mike's Place. The attack, perpetrated by two radical British Muslims, killed three people and wounded 50 others. Among the injured was Jack Baxter, a U.S.-based documentary filmmaker and freelance journalist who had arrived in Israel and partnered with director Joshua Foundam to make a documentary about the unique social ecosystem of the Blues Bar on the beach. Baxter is currently in Israel for a special screening of the resulting 2004 film, Blues by the Beach. It will take place this coming Friday, April 28th, at the Tel Aviv Cinematheque. Baxter spoke to reporter Naomi Segel. Right now I'm in Jerusalem, but I will be going down to Tel Aviv uh, tomorrow. And we're having a screening of the film that we made or that we were making when the when the uh, suicide bomber uh, decided to change the script on April 30th, 2003. So we're showing that film at the Tel Aviv Cinematheque on Friday at, uh, well, there's a memorial and a cottage that starts at 2.30. Then the film is going to be shown, screened after that. And, uh, you know, this is a very long time coming for myself and the director of the film, American-Israeli Joshua Foudam. We've, uh, you know, we've been through a lot. And uh, we're back here for the 20th to wrap it up, to be with our friends at Mike's Place and... Uh, to reminisce and not just to uh, wallow in our beer, cry in our beers, but uh, to celebrate life and uh, that we're still here, that most of us made it 20 years and uh, that the victims of this, um, not, it's not, it's more than a tragedy. I mean, it's a, uh, this intentional act of terrorism and murder by two British nationals. These were not Palestinians. These were British nationals um, in an Al-Qaeda-like crew supported by Hamas, but they were British citizens who came down especially to, um, you know, to bomb Mike's place. So we're celebrating, we're remembering, and we're going to show a film that uh, I think is going to blow everybody's mind because after 15 years... Um, this is from a 35 millimeter print and, uh, you know, it's been refurbished and I showed this act, this film actually at the 2018 Cannes Film Festival market, the Marche, and that's where it premiered and it will be making its second appearance before an audience, uh, ever. Tell us a little bit, take us a little bit back there, because even the fact the film that you started to make wasn't the one you intended to make, and then there were there were many twists along this way. Right. Well, you know, I came over here uh, in April of 2003 to cover the Marwan Barghouti trial in Tel Aviv, and, uh, you know, that's what, and I thought that I would have an inside track because everybody would be covering the Iraq war and that I would have, you know, I could I could capture that story and you know I was trying to do a documentary and whatever so that didn't work out I wind up in Mike's place and this seemed like the perfect story for me I mean the perfect story of my life which is uh, you know instead of uh, 
politics and war and all that. I was coming into a bar, you know, in the middle of the second intifada, and they were having a good time and trying to make the best of it. And uh, then, you know, things turned around. And it became very real. For you in particular, you were also injured in that attack. Yeah, I was uh, I was actually outside the bar. This was uh, around 12.30, after midnight on April 30th. So, you know, right after April 29th, uh, after midnight. And I was saying goodbye because I was leaving the next day to come back to the States. Now, there was a problem where... Uh, you know, they were going to shut down, and they eventually did shut down all of Israel. He couldn't fly out. I don't know, the labor leader guy with the mustache, you know, uh, stopped stopped the action then. So, but anyway, I was standing outside waiting to say goodbye to uh, the bouncer who was my fixer while I was during these three weeks of filming. And, uh, you know, that's when the suicide bombing took place. One guy came up. I can tell you the only thing I remember, I was about six, eight feet away from this situation. And, you know, I saw some kind of a hassle at the door, heard, heard some yelling. And the, myself and the security guard looked at each other. And uh, the next thing I know, it was three days later, I was coming out of a coma at Ikalop Hospital. You made the film... You're showing the film uh, this coming week. You mentioned it's both to remember and to celebrate. Do the messages in the film uh, have, have, are they resonating in different ways for you 20 years on? Is the message that Mike's Place be a place for people to come together regardless of background? Does that still stay true to you? Yeah, that's, I mean, that really is. And that was the, that was the message. Well, you know, that was really the message of the film when I, when I started this was, uh, you know, this remarkable situation that I really had no idea about. I, you know, it was my second time in Israel, but I really didn't, I didn't know what was, what was going on. Um, but to, you know, to see that Israelis and Arabs and Europeans and Marines from, uh, you know, the, uh, the embassy, which is no longer the embassy, but the embassy next door, we're in there and everybody's hanging out and having a good time. And, uh, you know, that message of, uh, you know, just forget the conflict, forget, and especially if there's one place in the world and a bar, which is the cardinal rule in Mike's place is no politics and no religion. So, you know, these two guys that, from Great Britain decided to bring their politics and their brand of politics and religion to a bar where there were Muslims hanging out and Arabs hanging out and Jews and atheists and just people that love blues music and, you know, uh, Stella Artois. Have you stayed in touch with the Mike's Place family over the years? Have you come back uh, in between as well? Well, actually, in 2006, and you got to understand, I, I've seen 18 different doctors when I got back to New York. I've, you know, I went through all kinds of surgeries for different, different things, including, you know, getting my ears rebuilt because I had both my eardrums blown out. And I actually had the first um, operation uh, ever to repair your ears because, and the guy told me, you know, the, the ear doctor out of NYU said, 
the reason why we've never done this before, which they take a piece from your neck and put it in your ear, um, is because nobody's lived before who had their eardrum, who was close enough to a bomb that had their eardrums blown out. So you're the first one, my friend. So, you know, all of those things are now pretty much in the back mirror, you know, in the rear view mirror. But um, I'm really looking forward to seeing everybody at Mike's place. I, I've seen them since, you know, probably three or four times over the years. I came back in 2006 to get uh, medical stuff done. And um, I came back, you know, at various other times for other, other reasons. But the Mike's Place crew really is the uh, example, not only, you know, in Tel Aviv or, in, you know, here, but around the world. People know about this situation. And know what kind of people, you know, got bombed. The wrong people were hurt. Um, and the wrong people were uh, targeted. And, uh, you know, we want, we want to say something about that. So that's, that's why the film is important. That's why it still resonates 20 years or 19 years later, actually, from first screening of it.